Some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Well, welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today, and I, I want you guys to know something. You know, we talk a lot. We talk a, an extremely, we start, we talk, we talk about, <laughs> I almost lost my, I almost literally almost tripped over myself and fell in a hole. Um, we talk a lot about the extreme danger we're in as a nation. We talk about that, hey, we have inflation we're dealing with, we, the border is open, we have uh, school shootings that are not manufactured but that are created. I want to be really careful not to think that, that the, the school shooting is manufactured, right? So there are children that died. And let's, uh, let's respect the parents, let's respect the children, but let's hold the, the police accountable. Let's, let's hold them accountable for keeping people at bay in order to create death and destruction for these children. And look, you could say, I, I, I back the blue all you want. Well, the blue stripe in this case down in Uvalde, Texas turned yellow. As in they were cowards. They cared more about themselves than they did their children and they betrayed the trust of the public and the people in their community. And the media betrayed the trust of the people by lying about it. And... The Democrats betrayed the trust of the people by saying it doesn't matter. We're not putting, we're not going to put uh, police officers that will actually, I think, veterans take a veteran, put them inside the school and arm them. We're not going to, we're not going to talk about that. We just need to get rid of guns from law-abiding citizens. And if there's anything that should show you that there's a connection between the radical left and people like Trudeau and the elections being stolen, look no further than Trudeau. Look, Biden, Trudeau, Trudeau goes, I'm going to take away the ability for any person in Canada to own a firearm, excuse me, a handgun. It, it, and it was in response to Uvalde. It was in response to Uvalde. But remember, in Uvalde, they said that he used two Daniels Defense AR-15 platform rifles. Oh, but he was also armed with a handgun. And then you have blubbering Joe Biden that gets up and says that a nine millimeter, when you shoot it at somebody's chest, blows the lung out of the body, which is absolutely not true. But they get up and they lie about everything. And so I would come back to the thing that I think is most important for you to understand. And that is stolen elections have consequences. We need to focus on that. 
We have to focus on the thing that is most important that pushes to what's really happening in our country. And that is they are stealing the voice of the American people and they were doing it in the biggest, most psychopathic way you could do by lying about it and saying that they're not doing that. In response to the Halderman report that is coming out of Georgia that was leaked, the media, CNN and the Washington Post wrote articles that said, hey, we know that there, these, these vulnerabilities exist, but they were never exploited. And they did this, by the way, with faithless, faceless people. They said, our cyber engineers, our cyber experts, show me them. Show me them. Do you really believe that they are going to tell you the truth? Do you believe that today they woke up and they grew a conscience? Do you believe that they woke up today and grew a conscience on protecting children? They just proved to themselves to be cowards down in Uvalde. But never let, never let a tragedy go to waste. I think the issue that I have is not what they want. It's how they seem to try and get there. See, if the general public comes to the conclusion that, that we want to do gender fluidity and, and critical race theory, and we want to promote those things, and it's something that the entire public gets behind, I could get behind it because that would be the will of the people. Now, I'm not saying that I would believe it. Okay, let me just be clear. It's not that I would believe it. But the greatest part about this country is that the ethos, the mores of society are dictated by the community. But that, see, that's not what happened. We didn't wake up one day and decide, hey, we live in a racist community. We didn't wake up one day and decide to ourselves, hey, you know what? I want to teach kids in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, how to be gay, how to be transgender, to choose what they want to be. Taking an impressionable mind and destroying it at a young age. See, that's, that's, not, what, that's, not, that's not a normal progression of ethics or morals. That is a forced injection of ideology based upon grooming standards to groom these children into this sick and twisted environment. And you would say, man, transgenders. And, and, and by the way, a lot of us don't agree on this deal. I think transgenders is a man dressing up as a woman or a woman dressing up as a man, right? And you're no more a man than you were a man in the moon. Now, if you want to dress up like a woman and act like a woman, that's on you. Go ahead. But don't in, instill that or push that on our children. And if you do, you should get your teeth kicked in. You should not be allowed to groom children. Pedophilia should never be normalized, and yet the radical left does that as well. And the reason why I bring up these things, these, these moral depravities, this, this erosion, this degradation of our society from the inside out, this rot that we deal with, is because it's important to point out that all of this was caused by stolen elections and people that literally are stealing the ideologies of an entire nation. And it's not just happening here, it happened in other countries first. And I'm sorry to be Captain Obvious to you, but that's what I am right now. And I want to tell you that at the end of the day, we get to decide what happens in our society, not a bunch of sick freaks. And if you don't think it's a sick, freakish thing to do, man, if you're trying to normalize it, on, on my, my dying day, I will never allow it to become normalized. You will have to take me and millions of other Americans out in the process. And if that's your goal, and you're pushing us closer to that environment. So we've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about today, but what stolen elections have actually brought. And in doing this, we're going to talk to you about the food shortages happening in our country. And Mr. Producer, I think we're going to talk about that first, right? We're going to talk about that first, or are we going to have Melissa on first? Uh, we have Melissa on first. Melissa's on. Okay, so 
Guys, we, we have a surprise guest for you. And I, I want to tell you that as we start talking about elections and fraud and Dominion voting systems, I want to be able to talk to you about people that are in the middle of that, that's had to deal with that. So we have a guest that is on today and who also ran for office. And I think that, you know, and she's in Michigan. And I feel like I'm, I'm stalling. She was a contract IT worker who blew the whistle on Dominion after the election. Um, she signed a, an affidavit. And so let's, let's, uh, let's just bring Melissa on. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I can't see you yet. Hold on a second. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in a remote place. Oh, oh. Uh, I have to manage my own boards and everything else because, you know, these guys didn't want to fly down here. <laughs> You're fine. All right, so tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, so I, um, I'm a, I was always a contract employee. Um, you know, when you're in IT, you do a lot of contract positions until you get a permanent position. I've done a lot of contract positions with Ford, um, you know, uh, a couple different companies, uh, small IT companies. Um, now, I started just putting my resume all over the computer. Um, I had just had our daughter. I have two children, uh, five, now five, and one at the time they were four and three months. So uh, at the time of the election, so I I thought that this job was great. Um, Dominion contacted me. Um, they said they asked me if I could work a two day job at most. Um, you know, I I said yeah, I would love to work the election. I said, can I leave to vote though? I it, that's very important to me to actually vote in person. Um, they said yes, you can absolutely leave um, to vote. Well, when I got there that day, everything changed. If I left to vote, I couldn't come back. Um, so I had to make a decision to stay there that day. Um, and I didn't vote, but we know it probably wouldn't have counted anyways. So um, there was a there was so many different well, things. Well, hold on, hold on a second. This is, let's back up for a minute if we can. You sure. were just wanted to leave to go vote. Like you could go to lunch. You weren't even allowed to go to lunch, it sounds like. You were just, you were there. You had to stay there. Yeah. You can't. You can't go to lunch. Yeah. This is a voting company that's supposed to protect the interests. I just want. To, I just want everybody to understand how bad Dominion is. But I want to. If the name doesn't say enough, but you were told that if you leave, you can't come back, and so you are not allowed to go vote by the voting company that is supposed to protect the vote of people. You're not allowed to vote. Oh yeah, it gets worse. It gets so much worse, Joe. So uh, yeah, I I asked them. I would have ordered, I would have requested an absentee ballot if I would have known that I wasn't going to be able to leave. Um, that's something that has been used against me for my whole race now. Oh, look, Melissa didn't even vote in 2020 or 2016. In 2016, my my firstborn child was in the ICU sick with and asthma. Um, um, it's a, I forget what it's called now, but it's like a flu that two-year-olds get, our, um, RSV, RSV asthma and bronchitis. And he was in there for two weeks. Um, so I couldn't leave to vote. That was the last thing on my mind. So, um, you know, not only did they not let me leave to vote, they, they locked us in 
for 24 hours, then let me leave after the polls closed, which I believe is about is, is the standard for poll workers. Um, but I wasn't considered a poll worker. I was an IT worker with Dominion and their and their employees were leaving all night. They were going back and forth to this um, Chicago warehouse, they called it, which was the Detroit Department of Election Center. That's where the white okay. van came from. This is a so Dominion employees were going to this place that is the Detroit Department of Election Center. Um, and that is on Chicago Street or Boulevard in Detroit. And I was wondering why did they call it the Chicago Warehouse? Well, now I know it's on this street called Chicago Street or something. And but they were leaving the whole time and going there. And I, I would, I would. I asked them, "What are you? Where are you going?" Um, his name was Samuel. I actually have their first and last names, their addresses, their phone numbers, everything. Um, all of the um, permanent employees with Dominion, and my boss that night was a part owner of Dominion. He was there for twenty-eight hours. What was um, his name? His name is. Nick, Nick, we called him Nick, but it's Nicholas. It's um, Greek, Nicholas Atanamagonis. And I can send you this paper here. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. See. So oh, yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. And um, he was the one who, when I approached him, you know, past midnight, it was a little past midnight, I said, Nick, these machines, the numbers are way too high. I said, they're scanning these ballots over and over. I've been watching it happen. I said, this this computer has a number of over 500 on it. I said, it should never go over 50 on this side of the PC. And he literally pulled me aside and said, Melissa, we are here to assist with IT. We are not here to run their elections. And that's what that's what just that's, set me off. That's what you were doing. That's what you were doing is assisting with Right. Without. Well, I was thinking it's not, it's, it's our election. It's our election. It's not, and it's not anybody else's. It's, it's the oh, American no. people's. All right. So, so I want to, and, and everyone that's, that's listening, listen, we're going to continue to hammer it down. I'm going to go through every affidavit if I have to, because there's 5,000 of them of this fraud that existed across the entire United States. And I, to, to, to say that this is a, this is a uh, pink dinosaur. This doesn't happen. This is a unicorn. It's not true. There's over 5,000 affidavits that were signed as a result of the election on the 3rd of November, 2020. Some of it had to do with behavior, others having to do with computer systems. But Melissa, I want to, if I can, I want to pull up some of the, the affidavit itself. And I just want to mm -hmm. walk through some of the things that you put in that supplemental brief um, to allow for a temporary restraining order. Now this was, you signed this, this was done in, uh, on the 10th of November, 2020. Is that correct? That, that sounds right. I wrote two different ones. I updated it because I started to uh, figure out exactly what this Detroit Department of Election Center was, um, or the Chicago warehouse. I started to put two and two together. I started getting sent pictures from people that were there that saw these um, people. Just I got pictures of people just holding ballots in the middle of the road. Um, I mean, it's it's insane. It's totally insane. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm being investigated. You somebody, you're getting investigated now? Yeah. By um, a Fulton County detective, um, Mike Hill. 
Mm-hmm. And why are you being investigated by Mike Hill? Uh, you know, he hasn't told me. He's. I have the calls recorded, Joe. Um, he's called me twice. He asked me to come to Georgia that day, the first day he called me back in March. Um, he said, can I fly you out to Georgia to talk about what you saw in the election? And I said, listen, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I've never been to Georgia. I don't have family in Georgia. What do you want from me? I said, I was a witness in Detroit. I said, what does this have to do with you guys? And I said, where do you have federal just jurisdiction? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, then why are you calling me? And he said, um, we just want some answers to some questions. I can play some of it for you. It's very, I mean, I, from what I know, they're in Michigan right now interviewing people. All right. So they're in Michigan from, and, and by the way, I was, I was told that I was under investigation um, by someone yeah. that I don't have a whole lot of value in, but uh, that I was under investigation. So I went ahead and, and called my attorney and I was like, hey, look, I'd like to know if, we're on, if I'm under investigation, what that would be about. And so we're, mm-hmm. we've now checked with everyone and said, well, what would have Joe have done to, to do something wrong, which I haven't done anything wrong. So it's, it doesn't surprise me because I think that this is just another one of those things that the, the FBI, the, the uh, Perkins Coie, the, uh, the local cabal is going to try and push on other people. But, but I want to read, if I can, some of your deal. And then I want to hear it. I want to hear these, these recordings mm-hmm. that you have. And by the way, I'm yeah. glad you record. But this right. is this is. This is an affidavit. Mr. Producer, if you could go to uh, the fourth page of this affidavit, um, and I'm going to kind of walk through a few of the, the things that are that are said here, if I can. But um, you talk about arriving at the number one is my name is Melissa A. Is it Carone? Yes. Yeah. I didn't say it right. So by the way, I did not say your name when we started because I was afraid I'd butcher it. And then you'd get on oh. here and yell at me. So you're from Michigan. No. You know, you you guys are like, listen, I'm going to make a horse. I'm going to, you're going to wake up next to a horse's head. Say my oh, name. Oh, no. <laughs> That's just the Greeks, Joe. <laughs> That's just the Greeks. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it says, it starts off with number one. It says, I was contracted by Dominion Voting Systems to do IT work at the TCF Center for the November 3rd, 2020 election. And I'm a resident of Wayne County. So you're a resident of that area. Um, it talks about, you know, you arrived at 6.15 a.m. and you worked until 4 a.m. November 4th, went home to get some sleep and arrived back at 10 a.m., which I stayed until 1.45 p.m. During this time, I witnessed nothing but fraudulent actions taking place. Now, can, can I ask you a question? Take that down for a minute. Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Leave it up there because I can see you. All right. So I got to read in for one of our sponsors. So I'm really excited to, to have found this bank, uh, Axos Bank. They opened on Independence Day uh, in 2000. They're not crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate. It's a, it's a big one. Listeners can get $150 bonus when you open, um, open, open up an, an account by July 31st. Big rewards from banks that believe that the freedom to do business without compromise or values. Amazing, right? So go to axosbank.com daily for full details. That's axos.com daily. For all the cash bonus, all you need is $1,500 direct deposit in the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. AxosBank.com slash daily. Go check them out. How long have you been in IT? 10 years. 
All right. So it's, it wasn't your first rodeo. You didn't wake up one day and be like, you know what? I want to do, I want to do IT. No, no. So this isn't, you, you understand what system architecture is. You obviously understand what you're looking at when you're talking about the system itself and, and what's coming mm -hmm. across the street, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so with that said, they, they, I think that one of the problems is that they have a hard time. This is why, by the way, they've never come after me and said, you don't know what you're talking about on systems. I was an IT, I was a tech CEO for a decade on a company that I built. Okay. Um, so, but as you get through this and as I'm reading it, you know, some of the things that you noticed were obvious. Yeah. So it was obvious fraud. It was straight in your face fraud. Now I, I knew that there was going to be some things going on. I never, I never thought that it would, I would ever see it. Never. Uh, this was blatantly in your face as if they just didn't care. You know, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of this and it says the, the counters number three was the counters who were trained very little if or not at all were handed a batch quote unquote batch stack of 50 of mail-in ballots which they would run through the tabulator the tabulators would get jammed the ballots numbers was then the ballot number that was jammed and gave an option to either discard the batch or continue scanning at which the counter should discard the batch put the issue ballot on top of the ballot and rescan the entire batch i witnessed countless workers rescanning the batches without discarding them first which resulted in ballots being counted four or five times. Are you sure that that was what happened? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Listen, Joe, one of the people that were working, one of the um, people running the tabulating machines was somebody I grew up with for 20 years. Oh, um, yeah, so I walked, the, and he started off on the, the, the night shift he walked in, he had his girlfriend with him. He had a friend with him that had another girlfriend with him. And I'm thinking, what is this? Like, what are you guys doing? You can just walk in here with whoever you want. Well, they were sitting with their girlfriends running the tabulating machines. And I'm thinking, mm, that's odd. So I walked up to him and I said, Mo, um, what do you do? How, how did you get this job? And he said, you know, we weren't even paid or um, we weren't even trained at all for this job, Melissa. He goes, I'm getting paid $800 to do this. We weren't trained at all. And I said, oh, I said, you know, that's funny because I just talk, I just told my manager that you guys weren't trained because I can tell you're not trained. And I, I can't believe th that you guys are doing this. And he said, we were trained on the adjudication process. They had too many people to do the adjudication process. So they put us over here doing the tabulation process. And I said, you know, I was so frustrated. It was getting towards the end of the night. I was just like, I, I had had it. It was awful. Okay. So this is the part that makes me mad because, you know, you signed this affidavit under penalty of perjury. Uh, so I want to go to the bottom really quick. It says, before me personally appeared Melissa A. Caron, who is my presence to execute the foregoing affidavit, who being duly sworn deposes in states and read the uh, foregoing affidavit to him subscribed and knows the content thereof and that the same is true to his own knowledge and belief except to those matters he states to be on information in behalf as to those matters he believes them to be true so you signed this affidavit yes you could go to jail if you actually lied in this affidavit yes 
Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read number four real quick. Approximately midnight, I was called to, over to assist assist one of the counters with a paper jam and noticed his PC had a number of over 400 ballots scanned, which means one batch was counted over eight times. This happens countless times when I was at TCF Center. I confronted my manager, Nick. I can, dude, I want to say, Mr. Producer, go ahead and tell me what that is since you're Greek. <laughs> where, where am I looking? Economicus, economicus, economic. Did I say that right? Economicus. I don't know. I think it's a ton of mag, and I have no idea. I don't know how to say it. I can't. Where is it on the screen? It's on number four. Under number four. Ah, see. That's oh, economicus. 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 Uh, saying how big of a problem this was, Nick told me he didn't want to hear that we have a big problem. He told me we're here to assist with IT work, not run their election. So, so you were trying to point out the fact that there are issues with the election, and he tells mm -hmm. you nothing to see here. So, yeah, he he had an attitude with me for the rest of the night. Um, he he didn't want to answer any of my questions. He really didn't even want me talking to him. And this is a guy that's an owner at Dominion Voting Systems, or stated he yeah. was an owner. Well, he never told me. So there was a girl that I was working with, and this girl was she. Her but her behavior was so bizarre. I've never seen somebody act this way. Um, she went by the name Danielle, but her real name was China. China Danielle. Um, she told me her political views right off the bat. Um, she was a Democrat. She hated Trump. Um, I knew from that minute that I was working with people that I was, I could not talk about my political views. I had a, you know, my daughter was three months old at the time. I was there. The TCF center isn't a very safe place to be at night. I, my car was parked on the roof. Um, and I had to walk to my car by myself at the end of my shift. Uh, so I didn't want to tell her anything, but the way that this woman was acting was so strange. She just started crying out of nowhere. Right before that white van arrived, she started sobbing. And I said, what's what's wrong? Are you okay? And she said, I'm just claustrophobic. I really just want to leave. And she went up to the manager, Nick, and she said, I need to leave. And now looking back, I think that she wanted to leave there because she did not want to be an accessory to a crime. Um, she knew about that. And I think it was making her really nervous. Do you um, have her information too, by the way? I do. I have her information. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love to, to, to get that information from you. Yeah. And so they all took their Facebook pages down right after the election. And now they're all back up. They mm -hmm. all took their so Facebook Samuel. pages down. Yep. There's a guy named Samuel towards the end of that affidavit. He's the one who went to the Chicago warehouse um, to assist with ballots, pretty much assist with filling out ballots for Biden when they found out Trump was ahead. Um, now, he took down his LinkedIn, all of his social media. I called his phone number in private back in December, and he answered the phone. I hung up. I just wanted to make sure it was his number. Um, but so he still has the same phone number. But all these people, he has links to China too. 
uh, one, this attorney I was working with through the Trump campaign told me that Samuel has links to China. Um, I just don't understand why they're not going after these people. Why aren't they questioning them? Why, you know, um, we just all heard that the CEO of Dominion got in a it got a DUI and crashed into something, and you know, I, I don't know what else he did. But why not? Why aren't these people being held accountable for their actions? Why are we being investigated for simply exercising our constitutional rights as American citizens, but they're not being investigated? for actually committing treason. It's just well, mind blowing. For, from your from your mouth to my ears, I, I have to tell you that we know why. But th yeah. these aren't behaviors that people that are innocent do. They're just not. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna read a little bit more of this. Um, uh, number five, the adjudication process, my understanding, there are supposed to be a Republican and a Democrat judging these ballots. I've heard numerous workers talking during a shift change in which over 20 machines had two Democrats judging the ballots results in an unfair process. Somewhat simple thing that happens all over the country. But then it gets into first. Next, I want to describe that went on during shift change. It was a chaotic disaster. It took over two hours for workers to arrive to their assigned areas where 30 workers were taken upstairs to told they didn't have a job for them to do. These people were chosen to be counters in which six workers admitted to me that they had received absolutely no training at all. Um, the, the, sh the night shift workers were free to come and go as they pleased. They could go out and smoke from the, the county room. As it, this is illegal as the boxes and stacks of ballots everywhere. Anyone could have taken some of them, brought, uh, brought some in and no one was watching them. Um, there was two vans that pulled into the garage of the county room, one at at one on shift day day shift and one on night shift these vans were pr apparently bringing food into the building because they only had enough food for not even a third of the workers i never saw any food coming out of these vans coincidentally it was announced on the news that michigan discovered over 100,000 more ballots not even two hours after the last van left um when a worker had a ballot they either could not read or something spilled on it they would go to the table that had these blank ballots on them and filled them out. They were supposed to be filled out exactly like the ones they received, but that was not the case at all. The workers were also signed the name of the person that the ballot belonged to, which is clearly illegal. And then this is the Samuel uh, Chilatis, and one more mm -hmm. young man is responsible for submitting the number into the main computer. They had nothing, they had absolutely no overhead. My manager, Nick, would assist them with any questions, but Nick was on the floor assisting with IT most of the time. And then I was... There was a time I overheard Samuel talking to Nick about losing tons of data. They all got on their phones and stepped to the side of the stage. I asked Nick what was going on. And he told me it's all taken care of and not to worry about it. I fully believe this is something very crucial that they just covered up. Do you know what time that was, by the way? Yeah, so that was the data loss where, where they claimed there was a data loss. That's when um, everything shut down. That was a little after midnight. Um, the white van pulled in around 4 a.m. That right after that, right after that data loss, they uh, Nick sent Samuel to the Chicago warehouse to assist with ballots for that ballot dump. Um, that's everything shut off. All the computers shut off. Um, there, it wasn't a data loss. It wasn't a data loss. Right when I got in my car, I turned the radio on and. I knew exactly what was going on. I didn't have to. It's not rocket science. I mean. So what was going I, on? They, they, the computers connected to the internet. 
They found out Trump was ahead over 100,000 votes in Michigan. They didn't know what to do, so they sent Samuel to the Chicago warehouse to fill out these, to help assist filling out these ballots, pulling them, pretty much pulling them off of the qualified voter file, which we have 800,000 people still on our qualified voter file that have moved out of Michigan, that have died, that have gotten felonies, they can't vote, they're ineligible to vote. Um, they pulled those names off the QVF, they applied them to these ballots, and they put them on that truck and brought them in. So, so, so as you go further through this, um, the, the more I see that we called the FBI, I made a report with them, I was told to be getting back, a call back. Did you ever get a call back from the FBI? I never got a call back from the FBI. I was on the phone with them for hours. They hung up on me. I called them back. It, they never, they didn't even, they, they showed no interest in what I was saying at all. Um, never got a call back. I guess they just didn't even take a report. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I tried my hardest to make sure that I reported it to whoever I could. Um, I guess if you report things um, that you see, uh, you get investigated. You know, they investigate right. you instead of the person who did it. So you have a recording of somebody that left you a message from Georgia. Yeah. So this guy's name is Mike Hill. Mike Hill. Um, Do you know what Mike Hill does? Uh, I looked him up. I do know one other person that he has contacted. Um, and I believe I can say it because he's talked about it on his podcast. Um, that is Jovan Pulitzer. Um, he contacted, he contacted me first. I called Jovan because I thought that Jovan would know more about this than cause he's involved with the forensic audits. Would he know what's going on here? Not even a month later, he got the same call from the same guy. But this guy called everybody in his family before calling him. And this, this is this a guy that works for the Georgia Bureau of Investigations? He works, yeah, yeah. He so he works for the Fulton County, um, something maybe the Attorney General. I I believe it is. Um, and then he said that he was him and a couple other people are working on a case um, with everybody that was involved with exposing the election fraud. He made it sound okay. to me like he was on my side, like he wanted to actually find out what happened with the 2020 election. But as okay. I looked into this more, I, I pulled up articles that were clearly obvious that this man does not have the intentions he was claiming he did. Okay, so this guy has a, you said he had a podcast? Um, who, the, the, Mike Hill? Mike Hill? No, yeah. he doesn't have a podcast. Okay. Um, right. no, I was saying, I was saying, no, I was saying Jovan had oh, said Jovan. it on his, oh, yeah, his podcast. On his podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, right. so you want me to play it? The first yeah, one. Yeah, let's play. Okay. Um, it was a 
throughout that. Uh, so this is like that process, and we followed that process, and we studied a lot of different reports, uh, public reports, and obviously governmental reports, and we've interviewed other people and other witnesses. And um, right now, I guess you could say the reason for my calls, we've come to you. And we would like to sit down and speak with you um, in a manner, obviously, that's not, you know, confrontational or adversarial in any way. We just want to speak with you just to get more perspective and insight into, you know, what you, you know, your experience was uh, during the 2020 election. And so um, with all that being stated, um, that's pretty much how I explain everything, um, you know, when we contact people. And, um, you know, and again, I'm just asking, uh, you know, if you would like to sit down and have a conversation with us. It would be a voluntary interview, completely voluntary on your behalf. Um, I would like to throw this at you before you say anything. You know, if you are represented by counsel, you know, that's something that I would like you to, uh, excuse me, if you hear another phone ringing in the background, I apologize. Yeah, no, I, just, I just cut the volume down. I'm so sorry. No, but um, but, it, but uh, I, I do want to say before you, you know, respond, um, if you are represented by counsel, um, then, you know, currently, you know, if, that's, if you are represented currently by counsel, then I would like to, um, you know, obviously get the information uh, for your attorney so we can kind of handle our communication, you know, the proper way, you know, if, if that's the case. Uh, but if you're not represented by counsel now, then obviously, you know, you and I can speak freely. And um, uh, I think that's about it. I mean, just roll the ball in your court and uh, just tell me what you think about what I said. Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't mind answering any questions that you may have. Uh, I do have an attorney um, that I, you know, go through, uh, go with, you know, I have an attorney that represents me. I don't necessarily, obviously, have an attorney for this specific um, phone call. So, Joe, I just want to tell you that I was very nervous with this phone call because I've never dealt with anything like this. You know, um, I don't know if the attorney has to be on the phone. I know that what I'm telling (laughs) you is the truth. I don't really see a need for an attorney. Um, my, my whole life, I, I don't, if I don't have to use an attorney, I won't. Um, I sent this directly to general Flynn, um, as soon as I was off the call and he said, don't ever answer that call again. Do not, um, talk to this man you know, call an attorney right away. Um, it, I, the second call was the kind of the one that made me a little more nervous. Um, I can play that one because this one goes on and on and I'm a little confused with the guy. So yep. it's like, you know, I'm like, what, I, I had no idea what was going on. Um, but it, I can play Let me play a little bit of this one. Um, so I got one more uh, that I have to read, which is IP Vanish. Um, you know, IP vanishes helps with um, safely browsing the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP or advertisers. You can use IP vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even the physical location will be hidden. IP vanish makes it virtually impossible for them to find you online. If you use IP Vanish on limited device, you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick um, is guaranteed at an incredible 70% off your yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, just like getting nine months for free. So IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. 
Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today and brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. Use the promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash daily. So what's strange is, like I said, I found out that they're in Michigan and they interviewed somebody yesterday. So here's this one. This one was from April 12th. Uh, a little less than a month ago now, on March 21st, do you recall? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I don't want to waste your time, ma'am. I, I do remember during our last conversation, you mentioned that um, I know that you were in Canada. I can't remember for what office you were running for, so I know that you're a very busy person. Um, but if you can recall, um, excuse me, the details of um, you know our last conversation, um, we talked about, you know, a potential interview with you, um, whether uh, our office and well, my team and specifically uh, flew out to Michigan to you or if we, um, Sorry. you know, Sorry. to Atlanta for interview. Um, I guess before we, uh, you know, before I ask you anything else, should I ask you, you know, do you still, um, I guess, remain the same in, in, in terms of, uh, your willingness uh, to interview? Are you uh, are you willing for us to take the flight you in, or or, or let's come to you? Um, you if you guys can come to Michigan, that's gonna be obviously better. I can't really go to Georgia right now, um, and I would I do have a couple questions for you um, because I do know that um, I'm not the only one that's gotten this phone call. So um, yeah, yeah, there's a list of. Yeah, just so you, yeah, our list is extremely expansive, as you can maybe imagine, and I'm the guy that's making the phone call, but yes, ma'am, you are correct on that. Yeah, so can can you um, at least maybe tell me what, a little bit more about this, what's going on, because I don't, yeah, I don't sure, have anything sure. to do with Georgia, I mean, right. yeah, I'm yeah, a witness in Michigan. Georgia, right, yes, 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 I, I don't mind at all, so... Essentially, ma'am, um, what's going on when I talk about my office and our investigation? Um, I mean, just stop me if you have any question. I'm just going to, you know, just kind of try to fill you in on everything here. Um, so you may or may not know that the Fulton County District Attorney's Office located in Atlanta, um, we're, we're, we have been engaged in an ongoing investigation since the earlier part of, I'll say, of 2021 in regards to uh, alleged or, or, or potential uh, criminal disruptions um during the general election um during 2020 the 2020 general elections here in georgia mm -hmm. now obviously you know how does uh you know how do you come into to uh to play with that you know again um you know you're right you don't reside in georgia uh, to my knowledge you know you you're not a voter in georgia you, you know you didn't do anything specifically in georgia well the thing is this uh miss Carone, um so throughout the course of our investigation obviously we've identified several people um, you know, some folks that uh, we believe would provide information, or I guess you could say specific detailed information, um, you know, regarding, I guess you could say, you know, certain uh, subjects that we're curious about, and other witnesses, maybe such as yourself, that we kind of look at just for more context that can speak to, you know, what was going on in your area. Someone, you know, obviously, you know, was highly publicized, you know, your, um, you know, your, uh, you know, your dealings with the, uh, 
you know, the voting systems there in Michigan and, you know, your experience. And that's really what, you know, we're interested in, you know. So, you know, again, to just get directly to your point, I don't mean to be so verbose, but directly to your question, you know, how do I come into play here? I just want to give you some context. We really just want to know your experience, you know, your experience during, you know, during that election period, things that you saw and, you know, essentially just your truth. That's really all, you know, that's really all we're looking for. Your truth. And how does that play into, you know, into what we're doing in terms of our investigation, it just helps us, uh, you know, I guess you could say have a much more broad and a much more um, larger scope on, you know, that particular that particular election season. And, you know, it also allows us to kind of compare, you know, things that were happening from state to state because, you know, um, throughout the course of our investigation, we've seen some similar patterns of things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, that folks, you know, that a lot of people came forward and, you know, and, and, and said or mm-hmm. talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, just in a very general sense, I'm sure as you can imagine, you know, I wish I could really, you know, get more detailed with you because if I were you, I, I would want to know all the details, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, there's only so much, I, I'm sure you can understand, only so much I can feel with the phone. Yeah. Um, trying to be as, I'm trying to be as, very, uh, as transparent and as clear as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you are, if you are willing to meet with us in Michigan, um, I guess let me just ask you, uh, do you have, I mean, is there a particular location, you know, that you have in mind? Like, how would you, because, uh, you know, we, we have no problem with that. We can definitely book it. Um, and, and let me say this, because I want you to understand this. When, when I say, um, you know, us bring you to Georgia, literally what I mean is that we would purchase your flight mm-hmm. if you wanted to stay in a hotel you know obviously we would provide you hotel accommodations as well as per diem yeah. and so I don't I, I'm, I'm the only reason why I'm saying that or trying to make that clear is because I don't want you to think that you know we're asking you to you know come out of pocket and drive or buy your own flight and you know come to Atlanta no that's not what we're trying to do is um you know if you were willing to come to Atlanta it's really just up to your personal preference but if you were willing to come to Atlanta you know we would make sure that we handle your travel arrangements okay so but, i guess um, my next question so, I mean, well, yeah so with that i guess uh you know yeah. we'll put the ball back in your court how do you feel about all of that well um i guess my next question to you is um what federal tax force or, or task force are you sworn into i'm sorry what federal task force have you been sworn into? Oh, I'm, I'm not a part of any federal task force, ma'am. I, I represent, uh, that's why I wanted to, you know, I was trying to be clear with you when I say Fulton County. I represent Fulton County, uh, you know, the district attorney's office here. I work at the pleasure of the district of the Fulton County district attorney. And the Fulton County district attorney is located in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, when it comes to, you know, us contacting, you know, witnesses, you know, throughout the throughout, you know, the state or whether it be throughout the country, if there's been a crime or if there's been some type of investigation um, that, you know, our office is engaged in, you don't have to be a part of any federal task force or any federal agency to investigate uh, any matter that occurs within, you know, your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And so the, the um, and I'm sorry, ma'am, if I wasn't clear about that, maybe I should have said that no. first. No, if, uh, if I wasn't, yeah, if I, if I wasn't being clear, the matters that we are investigating, that I am investigating as the lead investigator on this case, concerns, uh, you know, like I said, potential criminal disruptions that occurred within Fulton County, Georgia. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, let's let's pause it for a minute. So I'm trying to figure out as you as you go through this conversation with him, 
how your affidavit affects what's happening in Georgia in Fulton County. It doesn't. It doesn't. So he's lying to me. Um, so I have a friend that has been in the FBI, um, working for the FBI for 30 years. Um, he is now a state rep in Michigan that I worked on his election and helped him get elected because he's a great person. Um, and we need him in office here. Um, he's, he's now writing a bill for an actual forensic audit and to preserve the ballots for the, from the 2020 election past September. But I asked him, I said, what is going on? I sent him these calls. I said, you have to tell me what's going on with this guy. And he said, well, Melissa, he's not telling you, but he's, he's sworn into a federal task force. He doesn't have jurisdiction in your area. He doesn't have to tell you that he's sworn into a federal task force. He goes, we used to, we've done it several times. He said, it's something I've done myself. You know, he said, but if you ask him, he has to tell you. So that's why I asked him, but he said he's not. So I, I, he can't lie about it. Um, so I don't, I've never been to Georgia in my life, Joe. I don't, I don't have family there. I don't, I, I've never been to Georgia. I mean, maybe on a connected flight, but I've never stayed for more than a couple hours in the airport, you know? And so you, you have an investigation in Georgia that's originating in Georgia that found its way to you. So you have 5,000 affidavits. All those affidavits are, are, are signed, right? They're turned in, used for lawsuits. You have, you just found out, I guess, within the last 24 hours that he was in Georgia or excuse me, in uh, Michigan. Within the last 24 hours, yep, I found out that he has questioned um, our, um, uh, the Michigan GOP chairwoman, Michonne Maddock. Okay, so he's there. Did he try to contact you in the last 24 hours? Mm -mm. So he came there, said he wanted to talk to you, and then didn't. Well, he didn't tell me when he was coming. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been getting a lot of weird phone numbers calling me today. Um, and it could have been him. One of them could, it's, I've gotten two Texas numbers and another, a California number. One of them could have been him. He calls off different numbers every time he calls. Um, I didn't, I just, I didn't think it was him and not answer. It's not what I, you know, I just didn't answer. Um, I let it go to voicemail sometimes and then I return calls. Um, that's just what I do, but I don't know. I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know uh, from what I read online and I can send you the article. Um, they're not looking to find out what happened in, in the 2020 election. They're looking to prosecute people that are innocent that came forward and, and eyewitnesses such as myself. Um, they want to prosecute eyewitnesses um, and that's what they're doing. Um, you know, and I guess somehow what I just found out too is they're trying to link this to January 6th. Um, I don't know how, um, but that's what I've been hearing. So, so, so I'm, 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 I'm really trying to just understand the, the gravity behind this. So we have an investigator in Georgia, you fill out an affidavit, you get attacked right away. So what were the attacks like after you came forward in this affidavit? Did, did your name spread like wildfire and then, oh my gosh, this is. Joe, I, I, so I, I did reside in Wayne County. I now reside in Macomb County. Uh, we've had to move three times. 
since that since the November 2020 election. Um, I've had to put my kids in different schools. Um, I have two. Mm -hmm. um, right now, my son is, I won't use the public schooling system. Um, he is in a good private school that I don't, that I don't talk about to people, but it's just, I can't, I can't let any of my personal business out. None of it. Um, I get attacked on every level. Everything I say blows up and these news reporters grab it and they just turn it and twist it into something I never said. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's completely insane. So what, um, you, you know, are you having to move because of safety? Or are you moving because of um, attacks? What, what's the, what, what are you up against right now? Well, I mean, right now, I don't think it's that, to be honest with you, Joe, I've always ignored the personal threats. Like, oh, I'm going to come and kill you and your family. I've always ignored that. Um, I am fine. Um, my kids are fine. Um, you know, I believe in the Second Amendment to protect your family. I'm, we're fine. Um, what scares me the most is when Dominion Voting doxed me on CNN on Christmas Eve and had news reporters, attorneys, um, just random people at my front door with my children, four and a couple months old. It was awful. It was awful. I had people at my house. It was just terrible. I couldn't even walk out of my door. Um, and I mean, then I got doxxed again by a Republican. Um, during my, you know, first campaign, um, you know, with what's happened with this campaign, it's so incredibly illegal. And the reason why it's happened is because I have been so vocal about the, um, the corruption and the fraud within both side, both parties. The Republican Party is not innocent. And I didn't come forward and I didn't come forward and tell the truth about what I saw to sit and protect a certain party. It's not that they helped too. Um, the more I've learned about the Republican party, the more elections I have worked, the more fraud I've seen. Um, I've seen them just as involved as I've seen the Democrats and I'm very vocal about it. And these disqualifications, I was disqualified from, um, the state house race and a state Senate race just for absolutely no reason a law that was made in October of 2021 that nobody knew about. Um, I didn't know that I was, that I had fines on my campaign. It was $125. It was nothing. I didn't know I had those fines. Um, I, if I knew I wouldn't have submitted. So you get, you get attacked, you get attacked for everything. Oh, everything. I can't, everything. you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna protect a party um, when they are, when they're involved with the election fraud, when they're involved with the corruption, I'm not going to protect a party. I'm just not. Um, it's not right. And if I see them doing the things that I saw, you know, at the, at the TCF center, which I have, I've seen our party do it too. Um, I'm going to say something and so, I have, and they don't allow you to do that. So I, I think I have a video of you in a, 
in a, a fraud testimony in, on December 3rd, 2020. Is this the one where they doxed you or did it happen after that? Uh, the uh, Dominion voting? Yeah. Dominion uh, voting as doxed far as me. The, the attack itself. Oh, the attack started right after that, that right after that hearing. I mean, if I can send them to you, Joe, they, my Facebook messages go on and on and on. There's millions of them and they are all attacks. They are all threats. They're life threatening, um, you know, comments that people oh, say, I, I'm going to come to your house. I it's get them awful. literally. I, st I still get them. Now I'm, I'm a little different than you. Um, I invite them over. I'm like, come on, over. here's, here's my address. And when you show up, bring a bag because you're going to be going home in it. Right. And yeah. make peace with everyone around you. So, um, I am not, I am unapologetic about the fact that if you want to threaten my life, then, you know, I think you just need to get it on. Let's go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. but with that, with that said, you have two young kids and, yeah. and I understand that you have to protect your children. Hopefully you're keeping yourself well. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, honestly, I mean, I was running for office to, to better, you know, our country to make my children's future uh, so they didn't have to grow up in a communist country. Um, you know, God has different plans. That's fine. Um, you know, I will always follow God's plans anyways. Um, but it's just amazing when there is a threat. I mean, our, our Republican Party here in Michigan they were in on this election fraud, Leo. They were in on this election fraud. They were also in on um, Whitmer. They allowing Whitmer to win a second term. Whitmer, it looks like, is going to get a second term here in Michigan. I've been saying this for years. They set it up this way. They, I watched it be set up this way. I watched them jump behind five different campaigns. I watched them make sure that we did not have a candidate that had the support and the financial support to win. Um, and this is what they do because they can't fundraise if we win all three, you know, attorney general, secretary of state and, um, and governor, they, they don't want us to. And we have Ron Weiser here, who's the chair of the Michigan Republican party and Michonne Maddock, Ron Weiser is a known Democrat. He he's a huge Democrat donor. Um, so nobody wants to talk about this stuff. It's crazy. Well, and you have, you have people that are giving uh, people props for, um, switching parties from Democrat to Republican. I think to myself, no, that just means you have the devil in your, in your backyard. Right. It didn't change their ideology. They just, they just changed the party affiliation. And this is how bad the Republican, the Democrats have gotten. Oh, I want to play, if we can, this this three-minute clip. This is of you. I think they gave you a hard time, and you basically let them have it. But um, I want to play this. This is a three-minute clip. Go ahead and play that second video, Mr. Producer. This election, I will say, it they took these Democrats took every avenue possible to commit fraud in this election. And what I saw on the third and fourth was over 20 counts of fraud being taking place in front of my face. How many ballots would you estimate in front of you that you observed were counted multiple times in the machine? Can you put a number to it, an estimated number? At least, at least 30,000. At least 30,000, okay. The, the, poll book, the poll book 
is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That poll book, why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this here. Zero. There's zero. So my question then is if the Guess how many wait what about what about how what what about the turnout rate? A hundred and twenty percent? Let's uh, let's let Representative Johnson ask his plastic question. So, <laughs> so the poll book number okay, there there's two things that could happen here. Either the poll book number if ballots were called multiple multiple times, there, there's two options. Option number one is that the poll book numbers are not going to match. They the, don't. The actual. Not by thousands and thousands of votes. That's not what we see right now. You that, take a look again. One. Take a look again. Option number two is that they essentially were, were filling in names of people who didn't vote. That, Dead that, people, too? So is that, Let's I guess, let is that Representative your Johnson ask his question, and then when I he's done. I thought that was his answer. Okay. Well, I guess uh, that, that's well, my, my question here is why we're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. That, that's not the what case. What did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? I'm just saying the numbers are not off by 30,000 votes. So I know what I saw. That they're filling in. I know things? what I saw. And I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Okay. Did you? Okay. We're, we're, I think, I'm just trying I to ask you a let legitimate me, uh, question here. Yeah. Let's let Representative Johnson ask his question and then don't interrupt him. And then, okay. and then, if you want to respond to it, that's fine. And, uh, did you have more representative? Yeah, I guess I just want to keep following back up with the poll book. So, are we saying that the poll book is either wildly off, or that they are that they are off. filling in names? It's wildly off, and dead people voted, and uh, illegals voted. Okay, go ahead, take that down if you would, Mr. Producer. So, so I know I know that the the, the consternation you get when you when you are sitting in there because you're getting attacked from every front and it's like sensory overload, right? You, you don't prepare for that moment. I know that the first couple months of people coming to my house with guns and, you know, having to put plates around my bed and staying up. And, and by the way, I still sleep with a gun, multiple guns within hands reach and put in all security sorts of security systems. So I know that feeling you get when you're literally at the most tense. Have you been at least able to bring that down, like come to a place where you have at least some peace? Yeah, I have. And it's been a lot. It's been lately. It's been after I was disqualified, actually. Um, and, you know, I thank God for that um, because I was stressed out. I wasn't spending enough time with my family. Uh, my kids are young. You know, um, like I said, God always has a reason for things. And maybe he just, you know, my kids are young. They need me right now. I'm still going to be able to be involved. I'll still, um, you know, I was thinking about running for school board. But I do have plans um, for two years to run against one of these clerks. Um and we we have to we have to get more involved and it's with the school boards with the the county clerks have so much power we don't even realize the power they have uh they have so much power and most of it is data the data that they have and they can run these elections however they want to nobody's watching them um they're training these poll workers and if they have bad intentions that election is going to not it's not going to be right um, it'll come out the way they want it to come out. I watched that just March 1st. Um, yeah. 
with Terry McCaskey's primary. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's calmed down. It was, it was really bad. Yeah. So I, and I, you know, it took me going to Alaska to get to that place where I was like, okay, I'm in, in total peace. My, my blood pressure came down and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'm just going to let things happen. But you, you have this heightened sense. I mean, you get these, this, these harassing, bullying, um, death threats and other things. It just, it, it has a, t- anyone that says that it doesn't take its toll on you, if you don't take a deep breath and, and let things quiet down is, is, uh, is lying or they're a so- psychopath. So. <laughs> yeah, it definitely takes a toll on you. Um, I shut the news off. I, I shut. I didn't go on social media for a while. Um, you know, I just had to block it out for a while. Well, I tell you what, um, it's just another story that they tried to sweep under the rug. Another one of the five thousand people that came forward. You came forward and said, "This is what I saw." You were an IT contractor for Dominion, and they literally explained it away of saying, "There's nothing to see here." Yeah. That is how bad, or that that is how bad the system is that we're dealing with. It is not. This is not a matter of that. It's a, that that if you look behind and you have a tail, there's five thousand tails, five thousand affidavits of wrongdoing on behalf of either people's behavior or what was happening in these election machines, and yet they say there's nothing to see here. So I'll, I'll give you the final thought, and um, I do want to thank you for coming on, and we'll get you on again. Oh, and thank uh, you. and uh, you are gainfully employed. Everything's good there. Uh, you know what? Um, so we're, we just started our own business. Um, and we are working towards that. Yes. Um, it's, it's hard, but we are working hard towards it. Uh, we, these candidates in Michigan, I've realized that they don't have, um, someone that they can trust to do their financials. Um, and that's what my problem was. Um, I didn't trust anybody. I got to the point where I couldn't trust anybody. So I opened up a consulting company. Um, I want candidates to be able, good candidates to be able to run. Um, and I'm going to be very picky with these candidates to be able to run and trust the person that is, you know, doing, submitting their campaign finance reports accurately. Um, I also have some legislation that I would, I'm, I'm sending into the uh, Terry McCoskey that I helped get uh, elected. I worked for his campaign. Um, he's great. He, he's just, he's an amazing person. Um, he's a man of God. Um, he took a huge pay cut to, um, uh, run for office. Um, and he is doing the most that any other legislator has done. They're working very hard to get him out. Um, you know, we don't have elected officials in the United States anymore. We have selected officials. Um, and those are being these they are being selected by these machines our elected officials the selected officials and um laws that they sneak under the rug um these drop boxes are such a problem um we've been dropping the movie off 2000 mules to all the legislators in lansing um you know, asking them if they can make a public comment on this. Um, we're trying so hard here in the state, but this is a, this state is probably one of the worst, if not the worst, um, with, uh, Benson, Nestle and Whitmer running it. They are all very good friends. And it's like, 
they they just stick by each other and protect each other with everything they do. It's just, it's awful. We can't get anything done here. But we're going to keep trying and we're going to keep praying. And, you know, I'm not giving up. I'm not going anywhere. I know a lot of these um, these Democrats, these liberals want me to, but I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. As long as my children's future is at stake, I will be here fighting. Well. I tell you what, we, uh, I want to thank you for having the courage to stand forward and to take the punches. I know that you could have literally just remained silent. I, I, I often say to myself, maybe I should have. Um, just because the, the toll in my family um, has been pretty, pretty dramatic, as I know it has been on yours. But I do think that we'll come out the other side stronger as a result. If you have a little behind you. Right. Go hang out with your kid and family. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm going to send you some documents. I have a lot to send you. All right, okay. please do. I will. Right. Thank you. God bless Thank you. God bless you. So that's Melissa Carone. You know, I, I was looking at the what they did, Mr. Producer, what they did to her as a result of being um, at that, that hearing. And you they, they mocked her. And I don't know if you saw that, but they, they literally mocked her on Saturday Night Live and made a skit of how they could just attack this American that was willing to stand up. And it shows you the, the total cowardice of the, of the left. Total cowardice. Yeah, I mean, if you look at all the, uh, you know, all the press on it, the entire thing, it tries to make fun of her. Like, oh, she's slurring her words. And, I mean, th they're doing the exact same garbage tactics that they do with everyone else, you included in this fight, which is they attack their character and they pull little bits out so that they can try and discredit you and they don't even touch the actual facts of the you know of the argument i mean you, you saw what she said and with some balls i might add she goes yeah i signed a document did you well and, and i think that that's just the righteous indignation that you have when you know that you're right like you were there you watched it happen you watched what dominion you watch what someone is an owner in dominion did Hey, we're just here to just you know support them. We're not here to run the election, knowing full well that what they were doing was going to lead to a fraudulent outcome. And then this other person, this Danielle, I'm keyed in on that Danielle, that China person, because I think it's important that we actually break the back of the camel and literally do whatever we can to get to the truth. We have so much evidence right now. They're going to run around saying there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here. And we're going to continue to talk about truth and we're going to continue to tell the truth. And, and not some arbitrary truth where they get to make it up and say, hey, this is your truth. No, no, no. It's not your truth. There's only one truth. And the reality of it is, is that stolen, stolen elections has consequences that kill Americans, that take away from Americans. And this is just one of 5,000, one of 5,000 affidavits that was signed in the third or the November 2020 election. It's not 5,000 people that came forward because they just thought, oh, no fair. My guy didn't win. No, that's a, that's a leftist tactic. These are 5,000 Americans that literally have suffered irreparable consequences as a, as a result. You know, I, I want to I address, address this, right? I don't care what people say about me. What I care about in the end, I'm patient. And I believe that vengeance is best served cold. Now, you could say it's not my, the God, vengeance is God's. And I would tell you, you're right. But I'm sure as heck going to do the things that I need to do in order to make sure that I, all right, no problem. I'll, I'll walk the path. I'll let, I'll let little vindictive little pricks say what they want, do what they want. I don't care. But you pl play victim all you want. At the very end of the day, 
at the very end of the day, I do not play with decks that I don't know where the cards stand. I know where the cards stand. I know all the evidence that I need, and it may be expensive for me. It may be an expensive venture to get into this and to try and get across the finish line where we literally get to a place where we have equal justice, equal justice, not equal application of justice, but equal justice where we can hold people accountable. And I don't care what lies you tell about me. I could care less. What I care about is that in the end, when you say, I'm not afraid, yeah, you will be. You will be afraid. Because in life, this life or the next, you'll have, to, you'll have to pay the consequences. And I sure hope it's in this life. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I want to I say a prayer, if I can. I want to pray for Melissa and her family. I know it's been hard on her. But there's so many people that have stood up, so many good people that have stood up and have taken the punches of CNN and the rest of these pieces of trash. And let me make no mistake, they are trash. Absolute trash. And there's quite a few pieces of trash on our side, too, who said they're fighting for conservative values. They don't fight for anything but themselves, selfishly. And then there's others that literally keep their head down, go towards the goal of trying to get results. Those are the people that you should follow. So let's, let's just pray for a minute if we can. Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to have Melissa on the podcast. Thank you for her fight, for her diligence, her courage. Father, we know that courage is more infectious than fear, and please allow her courage to rub off on others. Allow her ability to stand up to rub off on others so they can stand up as well. Father, please bless us with the, with, the, with the tools necessary to do your will and to stand firmly in the middle for others, to unselfishly serve our community and serve others in knowing that you will protect us. Father, please guard our hearts and guard our minds that we'll be able to withstand the punches and the bullying and the harassment and all of the things that the radical left and, and just the evil people in our society, can't even call it radical left anymore, just the, the, the uniparty, the people that stand uh, on the side of evil. Father, just help us that we may be guarded from them and that we may, be, we may prevail over them. Father, give us the strength to know when to strike, if we have to strike, but to, to use words and peace and kindness in order to get to the result of equal justice equal justice in our nation, that we may hold people accountable for their actions and for the bad things that they have done and perpetrated on others within our community. Father, give others the strength that they may stand close and next to us, and that when we head out to the beaches of Normandy, that we may be resilient and we may stand up and we win, and that these radical evil people, we can push them back into the hole that they came from. Father, I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, courage, by the way, is more infectious than fear. And although I'm resolved to the fact that I want to get to the bottom of, of all of the things that are happening, I want the border to be sealed up, I want to open up our energy independence, I want to do things to be able to balance our budget and push out this leadership across our nation who has literally betrayed our trust and betrayed the people in our communities. I want to, I want to do everything I can to help as many people as possible in places that are impoverished or that are most disadvantaged, that they can get higher access to education. I want to do things that literally empower them to have opportunity in the future and not think to themselves, there's nothing I can do, that I'm just stuck in this environment. I might as well just go sell drugs or pick up a gun and sling a gun around and, and uh, live a life of crime. More often than not, in Democrat-controlled environments, they have no hope. While the, the leaders stand up there and parrot that, oh, there's unequal, it's unequal, it's not, it's, there's no equity. Well, there's no equity because you want everyone to suck. And the bad part is the people that suffer are the people, and they've been stabbed in the side so many times and betrayed but so many times while they basically are eating off of the bodies that they're stepping over. 
it, it is it is completely it is unconscionable that we're dealing with what we're dealing with today in a country so blessed as the United States has been over the last 250 years. I'm disgusted by leadership. I'm disgusted by lack of courage. I'm disgusted by Republicans that tell us that let's put 2020 in the rearview mirror while we watch them steal elections in the future. And that's what they did in Georgia. And that's what they've done around the nation. And then they manufacture things, I'm sorry, create, not manufacture, crises like what happened in Uvalde as cowards while saying, I don't want to solve the problem. I don't want to put a police officer in the schools. I want to disarm the entire nation. Only cowards and people that want to steal an identity of an entire nation do that. These people are evil. Let's call them what they are. Let's put them where they belong, back in the hell they came from. And stop them from creating the hell here for people that deserve an opportunity. They're disgusting people. They're disgusting. And if you really want to do something about it, if you really call yourself a Christian, call them what they are. And for those that say, I can't believe that you would use such harsh words, that's so Christian of you. No, that is Christian of me. This is the moment of which we turn over tables. We stop pretending that we're not at war and that they haven't declared war on us. And we just say, you know what? Screw you. I don't, I don't have to live in a system that basically violates all the, the laws of the land. And I don't have to follow and say, oh, yeah, us, you know, accept and, and respect the, 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 the institution of government. No, I don't have to do that. Nor do I have to respect those who literally are trying to destroy, destroy everything that we stand for. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. If you don't like the fact that I'm going to stand up and fight, I'm sorry. I, you know, I've said, you heard it on the podcast, which I wish they'll take it off the thing. Mr. Producer, please take it off. I'm from the south side of heaven. That means that I get right up to the line of, I will fight for the people in my community and I will worry about the consequences later. And we should all be that way. Because so goes one of us, goes all of us. It's an old saying. We go live Monday through Friday at, at 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. We're going to have to fight. We're going to continue to speak truth to you. Truth, truth. Not someone's truth, not a truth, but the truth. Not some subjective, I want to be a little prick truth. The real truth. The truth that basically says, these are the other people that are hurting and have been hurt by the behaviors of stolen elections and people on the radical left and in the uniparty who have done everything they can to take from you. I'm going to keep fighting. You can see us on live on Frank's Beach, conservative-daily, Rumble, DLive, and CloudHub. You know, hit the rumble button, smash it on your way out if you can. Share it with somebody that needs to hear it. We're also on Brighteon, and you can get us on the audio versions as well. So you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the different places, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, go over there and give us a five-star review, and then share it with someone that needs it, needs to hear it, right? And when you're done with that, text the word FREEDOM to 89517 so you can get our text alerts, and then subscribe to our newsletter in the link below. So that's it for this episode. Um, I know we went a little bit long today. Guys, listen, the only one that can be an ambassador of truth that can spread that truth is you. The only person that can stand up and give Melissa a voice is you. The only person that can walk door to door and speak truth and overcome the mainstream media's paralyzing effect on the dumbest people on the planet in, the, on, in our country is you. So decide to be that person of courage, and I will see you in the gap. And if you're wondering where the gap is or what the gap is, the gap is that place where you unselfishly serve those next to you and you're shoulder to shoulder saying that what they're doing is not right and I will not allow them to do it any longer. God bless you all. See you tomorrow.